0: So if you are on a mission to create generational change and you want to make a lot of money doing it, welcome to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. I'm so grateful you are here. I am so excited about today's episode. I'll share more about it in a minute. But I wanted to start by saying Happy New Year. I hope you are having a good one. I hope you enjoyed the holidays, whatever you celebrate. And if you don't celebrate, I just hope you enjoyed some relaxation. Um, I hope you're feeling the energy of a new year. I'm typically a person who gets very motivated by a new year. And to be completely honest, this year, it's been a little bit more difficult for me, but I just have decided my, my 2022 word last year, I picked simple as my 2021 word. Which is funny because I really, really stuck to that. And a lot of people would describe me as a person with a very simple business model. And I really stuck with that. And it, I gotta say, it worked. And this year, my word of the year is health. I have decided that nothing in my life is more important than the health of my body, the health of my mind the health of my relationships the health of my business the health of my habits like all of it health is just my word of the year like nothing no money is more is big enough for me to prioritize anything else like this is the year i work on my own health and the health of my mental health the my physical health all of it I really, that's my focus, y'all. That is my focus. So I'm always going to go back to that all throughout this year. I want to challenge you to pick a word for your this year for you. Because I'm telling you, last year, when you take it real serious, it really can help you. And it did did for me. So anyways, okay, let's get into it. Um, Before, Actually, before we do that, I want to remind you that if you've listened to this podcast and you've taken something away, if you have taken any value, if you have taken any of the tips that I share to heart, if you've actually executed on them, if you've gotten results, any of that, it would mean so much to me. If you could take a moment and share this podcast with any friends and family that you know would enjoy it and share it on your Instagram stories, share it with Facebook or wherever you hang out socially. It would mean so, so much to me. Okay, y'all. Today's episode is a very special episode. I had the privilege of interviewing my coach, one of my coaches, D.L. Sharon. This woman has been such a pivotal part of my growth and it's such an honor to sit down with her today and not only pick her brain, her beautiful brain, but also just hear everything she has to say. I love this woman. She's helped me in my growth. She helped me make the six figures in my business and I'm just, I'm incredibly thankful for her. So here's a little bit about DL. So if you don't know DL, she is a hard hitting sales coach, y'all. She tells it like it is. She does not hold back. She ain't going to try to make anyone feel like all bubbly and happy about whatever. She's going to tell it to you real. okay? and this is why I love her and this is why she was able to help me so much. So DL is a sales coach who helps women of color Coaches multiply their sales and experience freedom in their life. She's also the host of the Black Banked and Booked Out podcast, and she's an expert at helping part-time coaches create full-time income in their coaching business. And she doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. So she started out as a struggling social worker, living paycheck to paycheck, and turned that into multiple six figures in her coaching business with a nine to five, y'all. With a nine to five. I'm not kidding you. This woman did not leave her nine to five until she was making more than $300,000 in her coaching business. Okay? Okay? (laughs) So look, we're going to talk a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about building a coaching business alongside a nine to five. So If that's you, I want you to either put this on pause so you can take notes later or take a notebook out, get a pencil ready, get a pen ready. And yeah, we're going to go into it on this episode. So if you're ready, let's go. Let's do this. Hello. Hello. Okay, y'all get ready. Get ready. I want you to like just lightly do a drum roll wherever you are because I have the freaking queen of coaching, literally coaching queens, except we're missing Marva. (laughs) No, I have D.L. Sharon on the podcast right now, and it is such a freaking honor. Welcome to the show.
1: I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so excited. I'm so
0: excited. So for those of you who don't know, Last year, let's see, this is 2020 of October, maybe, maybe September, I started following you. It wasn't a long time. Oh, I I didn't know
1: that. I thought it was longer.
0: It really wasn't. And and you know what's crazy? I found you through your podcast. I literally was Googling, like, not Googling. I was literally on the search engine on Apple Podcasts. And you came up, and anytime, like, you know, anytime a black woman or a Latina or a person of color really came up in the coaching, you know, podcast, I was like, I'm, I'm 100% giving you to listen. And I found you that way. And I followed you and I listened to a ton of your old episodes on like other, yeah, like you had different podcasts in your journey. So I listened to like a whole bunch, but I caught you right when you took a break. From podcasting, that's when I caught you. So then I listened, and then you were gone, and I was like, "Gosh, darn it!" So I found you on Instagram. And for those of you listening, it, it was around October you started. Um, you started promoting your group program. At that time, it was Five Figure Formula. And I'm just so grateful that you made all the offers and you just gave so much value because that program and working with you was such a pivotal part of my journey. Honestly, just I wanted like I just felt so seen, especially as a woman of color. I was like, okay, if she can do it, <laughs> I can do it. And I I just deliberately wanted to hear what you had to say and you just understood me at that. Like that version of DL was exactly what I needed. At that point in my life i could cry right now because i'm so grateful oh my god i'm so emotional but anyways you were really the coach i i'm really gonna like you were the coach that got me to my first six figures period you were the coach that did that to me so i have such deep respect for you so this is why i'm excited y'all i'm like literally baby crying over here but this is what what i wanted my audience to know because i just have deep deep love for you and i'm just so grateful you're here and that I get to share your brilliance with my audience because they they need to hear it. We need we everybody loves to hear what's in your brain. So thank you again for being here.
1: Oh my gosh, I was just telling Cat before we hit record. I was like, she does not speaking about Cat, like talking to Cat, I said, "You don't even realize how influential and powerful you are. You don't even realize how much you are a role model for other people. I'm glad to know you. You inspire me. I'm so glad that we know each other. <laughs> I know. No, Thank you. You're incredible. You're amazing. Thank you so 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 much. Okay, let's get
0: down to the nitty gritty. I have so many questions for you. I know. I just know so like so many people in my audience like want to know so much. So, I really want to paint a picture of like your career and how it started. Um, in coaching. And tell us about like the first two years of running your business. I think a lot of people see you now and they see like what an amazing brand you've built, what an amazing um, program you've built, just how wonderful, like how great of a coach you are literally, right? Like we see this, but this wasn't always the case. Like you had to have a story, right? So Tell us about the first two years of your coaching business. Like, how did it start? Um, How did it evolve to what it is now?
1: Yeah. So... I first even got into entrepreneurship through network marketing. So I was a beachbody coach. So that's kind of how I learned about all of this stuff. Um, I remember I was graduating with my master's and I had six figures of student loan debt and I became a social worker. So I was like, the math ain't gonna, you know, add up at the end of the day with like all of my student loan debt and like being a social worker. And I was like, I'm gonna have to find some other way to make make an income. But I knew that I couldn't like get another job. And so my commute to my nine to five was three hours long. And so I took two buses and a car every single day, one way to get to my job and back. And so I was like, I need something to do online. I remember a friend from college said that she joined Beachbody and it's been amazing for her. So I joined, found out very quickly that that was not the thing for me, but I learned so much. And I will always remember it was when I was home on winter break, I was laying in my bed and it was December of 2017. And a friend who was also in another network marketing company she texted me she said you need to listen to this podcast and I was like what's a podcast like that what do you mean it's just audio she's like it's like a YouTube video about audio I was like that's so dumb why would anybody like want to just hear people talk look at us now right I have a whole show you yeah. have a whole show look at us now but um I was like this is stupid so she kept like Texting me day after day, like, did you listen to it? I was like, why does she want me to listen to this so much? I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, it was a podcast all about coaching, like all about the coaching industry, about life coaching, health coaching, business coaching, career coaching, money coaching, and how to get started. And so I then followed that person. Um, I won't talk about who it is because now she's very problematic, Um, but I won't say who it is. But um, I then followed that person. And then I saw all of her other friends and I was like, wait a minute, 20, 30 year old women are making multiple six figures off of Instagram with like no connection to a company, like just with their own ideas, their own services, their own help. I was like, oh immediately I knew I said, this is what I'm going to figure out and this is what I'm going to do. So I spent really the first year just learning, 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 learning as much as I could. And I started to sign clients, but I only made 10K my first year. And that was with me really trying, like making offers, fumbling, trying to grow an audience. I remember I had like a Facebook page and trying to get people like doing a lot of work and I only made 10K. And then the year after that, I kind of got my footing. I started to get some life coaching clients because, I'm, like I said, I'm a social worker by trade. So I started to get some life coaching clients. I then was able to kind of crack the code on that. And I booked that out as, you know, just a few clients and my little life coaching practice. I booked that out. And then a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends started to ask like, oh, how are you doing this? I was like, oh, you just post like this, you do this, and then bada bing, bada boom, client. And they're like, yeah, no, I need to work with you so you can help me unpack all of that.
0: (laughs) I wish it was that easy.
1: Oh, my gosh. I wish it was that easy. You know, I tell my clients all the time, if it was that easy, I would say so. It's not that easy whatsoever. Um, And I learned that once I started working with people. But then I quickly transitioned into like, oh, no, I'm going to have to like spend all my time helping these people. So then I became a business coach. And from there, I made 40K my second year. So just 50K of two years of side hustling and working my butt off. Um, again, learning any single thing that I could pay to learn from a podcast on Instagram I was trying so many things to get the ground rolling. And then I worked with my amazing mentor, Katherine Morrison. Um, I got connected with her. And that's when things really started to change. Um, I started to double down on some inner work, some trauma that I was unpacking, uh, a lot of shame, a lot of inner child work. And I really dove into my own mindset while simultaneously cleaning a lot of things up and simplifying, like, what do I really do well? And like, I kind of can do in my sleep sales and part-time coaches. I know how to take any coach that has a, you know, a full-time job or like you cat, you were a full-time parent, anything like that. Someone who has a full-time commitment and teach someone how to grow a very successful six-figure coaching business, even if they're only part-time status. That's kind of my thing. Because one thing I realized in the industry is, you know, I was only at 20K trying to learn how to grow my business, but all the strategies out there were these big group program launches, or it was like, you need to do a webinar, or you need to have a course, or you need to put together a group, like a group coaching program. And I was like, I kept doing all that, like I did a free challenge. And like, I kept iterating on all my different podcasts. That's what you were referring to at the beginning. And I was just like, This is not working. And so I came up with my own methodology of like, no, this is actually how I need to run my business. And so I came up with my own process. Um, When I cleared a lot of shame with Catherine, I was able to come up with my own process. I started teaching that and then it quickly became booked out with that. And then I started to launch the five figure formula, which is now my main program, Five Figure Freedom, from the methodologies of helping part time coaches with their sales.
0: Wow, that I didn't. So you've been doing this for at least three years
1: going on. Yeah, yeah. Longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is my first full year. Like 2021 was my first full time year where I'm doing this full time. But yeah, I did all all of that while maintaining a nine to five. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think like it makes total sense that that is what you are about. And especially like that is what five figure freedom is, is about because you are such a freaking example of that. How much money? Let's remind the people. How much money did you make your last year in working a 9 to 5 and having your coaching business? 300k. 300. <laughs> 300k with a 9 to 5. This is why you are the 100% the expert at this. You're such a freaking example. And that's just that year. Before that you made 50k. Before that you made 10k but you had to go through those 10 K years and the 10 and the 50 K year to, to get here. I, I love that. So let me, let me ask you more. So a lot of my clients are also working nine to fives while they're building um, a business. So I want to dig into like, what did it really look like DL, right? Like tell us you're building this business with your nine to five. Like how did that work? Um, and I have a couple follow-up questions too, but like, how did that work? And like, from a, from a, a timing, pl- like h- how did the time work? How did you find time to actually have one-on-one clients? When did you have them? Like, what did that look like? With yeah. The life?
1: Okay. So like, this was my schedule. And so I would wake up about two hours before I had to get on the road. So I had to leave my house at 7am to go catch the bus. Um, it was like a commuter park and ride bus because my job was in another city and I didn't want to put those miles on my car. Cause I didn't have a lot of money. My little social work job only paid me $2,500 a month. And I was like, I'm not spending it on gas. And so, yeah, um, I had to, I wanted to go catch the bus. So I woke up around five, five thirty almost every day. And from there I would do my mindset work. I would typically post content. Like some of my OG followers on Instagram remembered that I used to do this thing called early bird. Where I would post Instagram stories at six o'clock in the morning with a robe and my bonnet, just giving value, trying to help the people, trying to serve. And so, yeah, that's what I did. And then I would go work my job. And what a lot of people do now is like they work their job and their business. But I never did that. Like when I was at work, I was at work. I had enough to do and I was underpaid and overworked as it is. I didn't have time to like work on my business. So during the whole seven AM to 7 PM. I didn't work on my business. I worked my job. There would be occasionally like I remember having a client in Germany. And the only time uh, that she could meet was during like the day Eastern Standard Time. And so I remember I was working in an open air cubicle. So it's not like I could just sneak in a client call. And so I remember, like, on my lunch break, like, blocking out on my calendar, like, I'm going on lunch, I would pack up my work office, like, my little work computer, I would take a bus to the other side of campus, I would get a little, like, co-working space, take the coaching call, stuff a banana down my throat, and then go back to work, right, just to fit in that client. Yeah. And then um, I would come home. I would eat dinner with my husband for maybe like 30, 45 minutes. It was important that I at least acknowledge his presence when I was there. And then I would. Yeah, yeah that's important. That's important, important. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and then I would take coaching calls in the evening. Um, most of my clients, too, were side hustlers. So that wasn't an issue or people never had it had a problem with me working at night either. Um, so like that's what it physically looked like. And there would be some days where I didn't have calls where I could take it off, you know, take time off, relax, or work on some content. And there of course would be times where I had to work late. And so with the nature of my job, sometimes I wouldn't get home till nine, 10 o'clock. I couldn't take calls that day. And so there were a lot of times too where I would work late. Um, And so it wasn't like, you know, Monday through Friday, I had all of that time. Some days it will only be two days a week out that window or three days a week. But that's what my physical schedule looked like.
0: Did you have to and I want to the next question is going to be about like thoughts and beliefs that kind of like helped you during that time. But I'm going back to like when I was really building out my podcast with my nine to five, I had to create boundaries like in my my in my own head like i had to be like okay i officially don't care about work now okay i no more of that like i'm moving on to this and it was i remember it being such a struggle so i'm curious did you create any boundaries for yourself even if there weren't like hard boundaries that you had to tell anyone but like personal boundaries to create to
1: even to like have the
0: confidence to like do do this this type of day
1: Sure. Yeah. And so I always say like the bus was magical, like me being on the bus for an hour and a half. Right. And well, I was really on the bus for like maybe 45 minutes, an hour, and then like the other parts of my commute, like added to that. But like that bus was really helpful. Like I would sleep <laughs> or I would listen to a podcast. I typically had a podcast in my ear. Um, I was decompressing. I was writing content. So the bus was kind of like uh, my little pumpkin, right? Like in Cinderella where she changes in the pumpkin. Like that was kind of like my little, my pumpkin. Um, yeah. But you do need that moment of transition. One. That's a really good point that you mentioned. Like you do need a moment of transition, 100%. Yeah. Mm.
0: So during that time, what did you have to like, like, I'm curious from the time that you, you were like, okay, I'm doing this business and I have a nine to five. Was it ever a problem for you? Like, did you even consider your nine to five a problem, um, in the beginning of your business? (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) And tell us about like the, like, like, what did you have to start believing about like your life, about who you are? you are at work, like what thoughts or beliefs, if you have any thoughts that you can share um, that got you through that time or like when it got hard where you're like, how am I going to do this?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, several different things. And I talk so much about this. Like at first, I think a part of me looking back, I may have not had the language to say it this way, but a part of me was doing a lot of grieving and was probably really angry too for a few different reasons. Like I did everything I could right now. Now I'm about to get emotional, right? Like I did everything I could like 18, 19 year old DL. I filed all of the boxes, right? I got into college. I killed it in undergrad. I got into a top MSW program in the country. I went to UNC Chapel Hill. It's tied with Columbia. I got into the advanced standing track that only allows 30 people in the entire country to get in. I was one of three black people in that program. I had an amazing internship. I got a job at Duke university doing a job that allowed me to travel to Africa and all these amazing things. Like I checked off all of the boxes and I will never forget walking in and just feeling petrified, and walking in my office feeling like I didn't belong. I struggled so much. And I was the youngest person in my office. I was the only woman of color in my office. And I just had a lot of stuff around like, why is it so easy? Like, why are these white women doing laps around me? Like, I was struggling so much. And it wasn't until I remember, actually, this white man at my job, he gave me a sheet of paper. And he said, like, here are the tenets of white supremacy. One of the tenets of white supremacy is worship of the Late, Let me back up. Here's like what white supremacy is and like the tenets of it. White supremacy culture is basically the way the world is operate to promote the ideas and the visions that white people had when they got to this country. And so a lot of the power dynamics, a lot of the, um, ways that we're just doing things and we don't ever question favors white people versus anybody else. And so I remember him giving me this document and you can Google it. It's called the tenants of white supremacy by Tama Okun. I talk a lot about it with my clients. Um, and you will see these different things like worship of the written word, power hoarding, individualism. Like, you will see your office and like your job represented in those tenets. And I was like, this is why it's so difficult for me. And this is why it feels like I'm working as twice as hard because this place was not set up for me. Like, this place was not to see me succeed. And so, once I had that realization, I was like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Like, I gotta figure it out. Um, and so just understanding that from a fundamental level, like these jobs that say they're so diverse, that say they're there to, you know, advance the narrative and the mission of people of color to give people of color opportunities, all of that, like the dean of, you know, Duke University, one of the deans there, she's a black woman, right? Like on paper, that's fine. But there's little things embedded into the cultures that make it very difficult and problematic for us to just survive in that ecosystem. So once I realized that, I was, like oh wait so it's not just my job but any job will probably have issues and I will probably have to deal with crap that I don't want to deal with on top of that I have so much more respect I've always had respect for mothers obviously but like my co-worker was a mother and I was like we're here all day like How in the world do mothers do it? I was like, if I ever wanted to have a family, I legit wouldn't see my kids, right? And I said, I can't, this is not how I want to live my life. So all of that to say, that's also like when you tap into that, it's very motivating, right? When you tap into that, it's like, this cannot be my life. It's just living in this place. So I spent a lot of time there.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is I remember, I forget it was on one of the coaching calls within your group. Um, I remember you coached me. I do not remember when, I mean, it was, it had to have been somewhere earlier in 2021 this year, but I remember I came to you and I had so much, I don't know if it was guilt or just insecurity around organization. And I came to you and I was like, I just feel like my, everything's disorganized. And like, I I just came to you stressed about it. And that's when you brought up this concept. And you're like, well, are you losing any clients? And I was like, no. You're like, is are clients emailing you about this or like any anything like that? No. Then you don't have a problem. You're like, this was organization was you literally organization was made up by white people. (laughs) Or like the way we think about it, right? Like And I remember you bringing this up at that moment and it blew my mind because I've literally lived my whole life with so much shame around being organized and being unorganized and all of this stuff. And from that moment, I was like, it was just the permission I needed to like, okay, like I don't have to do this in in what my brain is telling me is the right way to do it. And, and look, (laughs) y'all. I made way too much money with uh, I probably should have organized my business a little earlier but <laughs> but it's it it was such permission for me and I went on and made a whole bunch of money and haven't had any problems like from from the organization front Learn, learning now but like never ever that was what I needed to realize like I will know when there's a real problem in organization like it'll slap me in the face but in reality It's, it's just this, it's what we think of it and it comes from white supremacist culture. Yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah. 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 And we don't think about that. We don't think about it from this perspective at all. And so, yeah, whenever you look at the world like this, it's, it could be extremely enlightening. Yeah.
0: So I want to shift the conversation to selling. So I love sales. You love sales. We love selling. We love teaching selling, and I wanted to just have a conversation. Um, you, I know you listen to these episodes with like Burke Castillo and Stacey Bayman when they talk about selling. I'm like, let's have a conversation about sales with a black woman, a Latina woman, and like let's talk about our experiences in like the the joy that can come from selling, and then anything else that comes up. So. My first question to you is, so we kind of knew how you got into selling, well, how you became a business coach, but tell us how you, like, what do you, what do you love about what you do in teaching sales to
1: your, your clients and your group, all of us? I'm like, where do we begin? Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) The first part of it is I just love seeing what sales can do for women of color. Like the, there's so much research that says like when a, a woman, and especially if a woman of color earns her own income, she changes her whole generational tree, yes. right? It's like she changes her whole family, like yeah. not just her. It's not like she just leaves her job. She creates freedom for generations to come when we learn how to sell. So I was actually um, on my podcast, I was just creating a podcast episode about this on like the way I think about sales is a tool for political power in the sense of, this is the way I've been packaging it. It's a little risque. This is how I've been thinking about we it. You love
0: the risque. Anybody I mean, who knows you loves it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to. I mean, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen if you follow me and listen to my show. We're, but we're like, all
0: in the kitchen.
1: We're in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. But, like, one of the things that I think about, like, when we learn how to sell, when we step into entrepreneurship, we beat the white man at its own game. We beat him at its own game. Right. When we learn how to make our own money, nobody can tell us nothing. We don't need a job. We don't need a bank. We don't need nothing because we know how to make it. And so that's my favorite thing about it all. So that's like the, like macro, big, big, big picture of it. If we get down to like the micro meso level, I really like it because in particularly like coaching, right? Like selling coaching, we can sell a lot of things. And like, I want everybody to have all the businesses. I know your clients have several different businesses. I have, I'm starting a bubble bath line soon. And so like, we all got all the businesses, but why I love coaching is It actually helps us step in and acknowledge first that we have a gift. Like, that's big. Like, we both know Karina. Karina is like, she's an angel. She is. I love her so much. She's a little angel. And (laughs) I remember her saying on one of our calls, like, God gave me the gift of speaking life into people. And I get to do that in my coaching business. And like that confidence shift that allows women of color where we have been beaten up, we have been oppressed, we have been told that we're not good enough in the eyes of the white man, our whole entire careers and lives. But when we have our own business and people are paying us thousands of dollars and we're helping them, our confidence just changes. Like my husband is like, you're a different person in the best way possible. He's thrilled, right? He's like, you're a completely different person. When you just carry yourself differently. I love seeing that shift. So it's like we're selling coaching, but that's the best thing to sell in my opinion, because we're changing lives in that way. And then I would just say like on a micro level, I think when it comes to sales, When you know how to earn your own income, you learn how to be safe with yourself, which I think is really intimate. You learn how to really take care of yourself and build that relationship with yourself. You learn to remove a lot of shame. You learn to listen and trust yourself more. You learn to take risks. You learn to have your own back when you learn how to sell. And so those are like, if I were to think about it from like a systems perspective, like that's how I think about sales. Rift with me. What do you think?
0: Yeah, a hundred freaking percent. I mean, I, I'm i totally with you when when you were mentioning like what power we get when we get to make our own money. I remember having the thought it came out. To, it came out of me when I was creating content. But so in my in my career, I was working in tech. And I never, ever felt like, I mean, obviously it wasn't, you know, no system here was made for us, but, um, except 5 figure formula, except our coaching. Right. But, (laughs) but I remember in my career, I was a hustler and I always was focused on money. Like I always knew I was like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to be a CEO. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but that was always my energy. And when I got into working in tech, I just remember, I mean, I worked so many temp jobs and I, I was like 28, 29 applying to these jobs that like 21 year olds were doing. And I, I really had to just swallow my pride because I believed that like tech was going to like bring me all the money in the career. But I can't tell you how many interviews I went through, how many times I, I, negotiated my pay. I was very comfortable negotiating pay, but I always had to negotiate and it always felt like I had to fight for my value, like all the time. And it was this year, I don't remember what piece of content it was, but I was writing a piece of content and I, it it came out of me. I'm never going to ask for a raise ever again. And I was like, I don't want any of my clients, your clients, I don't want you to ever have to ask anybody for money to to put a, some a dollar value on your time and your value and your work. I'm the reason why I love teaching this is it's very similar reasons. Is like it's so powerful when you get to teach yourself the skill of making money from thin freaking air everything could fall apart. And if you know how to sell, you can make money, you could survive, you could be abundant, all of it, even if we had to start from scratch. And it's such a powerful tool. And that is really like, to see my clients even making their in their journey, right? Because you don't just learn how to make 100k, you've got to learn right one little ounce at a time. And Look, and I, I want to talk to the folks who are listening who like haven't maybe hit one client or two clients or like five clients for the whole year or like whatever, whatever that number looks like. If, if you don't feel like it's enough, like you are learning the skill and I promise you this skill is worth learning. Like it is so worth learning to sell anything, like to actually become really good at this because no one is ever going to take it away from you. And then one more thing I want that you said, you said learning how to make money, right? Selling has teaches us how to be safe with ourselves and remove shame. And I love that because, you know, this, I made 10 K last year. So this is fresh to me y'all okay (laughs) like I'm very much learning how to receive this much money right and when I think it's so important like the learning how to be safe with yourself at any level and I feel like you you could tell me too your thoughts on this but like I feel like it's uncovering at every level of income too like I remember having a I remember something about 50K made me so uncomfortable. And I went through this very uncomfortable phase in my business where I was very uncomfortable receiving money. I was very uncomfortable that I made, I think it was like 50K in three months or something. It was just very ridiculous. But I had to learn, just like you said, to be safe with myself nobody was going to give me the validation I needed at that time, except myself. I had to sit with that. I had to feel all the feelings necessary. But when I got through that, I had so much trust, trust in myself to not only do more and help more people and build my business and make more money, but trust that like, I am worthy one of what's coming to me, but two Trust that it's in good hands, like in this world, like it is in good hands when it's in my hands and when it's in my clients' hands, um, and and really, like you said too, removing that shame, like one little, like an onion, right, like one little peel at a time, and y'all, it's at every level, every like it's new level, new devil. You gotta like uh, remove more layers of of the shame and all of that.
1: Yes, 100% at every single level. And I think people don't realize, like, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about, and like you were talking about uh, before we started recording, you were talking about my Instagram stories. I think, like, people think at this level, like our level, at multiple six figures, like, we're just sitting back pretty. We just post. The stuff just comes. Like, there's very... Yeah, I wish I wish like there's very little mindset drama or fear or comparison or doubt or is this going to run out or like we go through it, too. But I think that's the only difference is we have those reps of trusting ourselves and we're like, oh, we recognize this. This is our pattern. Like once we have this, then this kicks in and like, oh, here we are again, like we're no longer in it, swimming in it. Versus like we're just observing it and being like, oh, here we are again. Here's my cycle again. Here's my process again. So 100%, I think like sales will intentionally, I say it's always like a flashlight. Like it'll shine on those little cobwebs that you thought you got in therapy five years ago. It'll shine like, oh, I didn't know that hurt. Like I didn't know this would affect me. Like it will like shine all of it. But allow it to don't fight that. Like the more that I have leaned into shedding identities, shedding what I thought things would be like shedding what I thought my identity was like, the more shedding that I willingly do instead of resisting it, the faster everything becomes.
0: A hundred percent. And I want to call out something that you said that's super important is that we've you find the patterns, but you have to learn what the patterns are. Like it starts with the first, like, I remember my first like four figure client, right? Like I remember my, God, I remember all the little dollars. Like I had to learn at each level. And like, when DL is saying like, you recognize the patterns, it's because we've gone through it and like you might be going through it and thinking like oh no it's never going to come back never going to make this much money again definitely don't know how to do this again and it it definitely is like now i just recognize like oh here i go getting really uncomfortable again let me feel this like let me feel it let me explore what's what's happening inside my head and my mind and my body and um not 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 allowing it to to shame you and to, to let ourselves kind of like make it about any external factors and always looking at ourselves. Like I'm literally, I think the last three months I've been going through it of like really exploring. And I've given myself probably more time than I have ever given myself to just feel any freaking feeling that comes as my business grows and, you know, as things move and evolve and as I evolve. So Thank you. Okay. One more question when it comes to sales. I want to ask you, what 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 is like a good selling experience look like for DL? Like as you, as the, the like, what do you, I, I remember, I'm thinking back to, I forget where you stayed, but you were, you went to a hotel and you were telling us about the experience And I want to talk about that because I feel like not enough people talk good things about, like I freaking love being sold to, um, but I want to talk about like the selling experience, client experience, like what it feels like to be sold to in a very joyful way um, and what that looks like. So tell us about a little bit about your, like, what does a good selling experience look like for you? Like, what does it feel like to want to be sold to?
1: Oh, I love this. I don't think anybody has ever asked me this. and I talk about this all the time in my program. I love this. Um, and like, you know, I, talk, I teach a sales process and I have something called the sales call clinic. And I start off with this, like framing people's minds with, Selling is good. We have all bought something that we have liked at some point of time, right? But we're not thinking about that. And we're not thinking that our coaching could also be something that someone likes, right? But like 100%. So I, um, every time I do a launch or I hit a goal, I go to like, you know, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we're not, we're not in San Diego where you are. You're still in San Diego, right? I'm in Los Angeles now. Oh, okay. You're in LA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even so even, more, <laughs> even I was, I have my
0: nose up like brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's even more snooty over here, but that's okay. I like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're not fancy like y'all. Okay. We're not fancy whatsoever. So like, there's like one five-star hotel here. So that's, that's what that live video with that I did was at. And so just tying all of this together. Like one of my favorite parts about sales too, is making somebody feel seen and heard, which is what yeah. I really, yeah. Which is what I think happened at the hotel. Like when I walked in, they had a little iPad with my name already on it. And like, they knew who I was when I checked in, I think like they got a picture of my ID or something. Right. Like the people like when I ordered room service, like how they laid out the food, how they got the cart right. It wasn't like the trays, you know, leaving out overnight or anything. Just I realized the intentionality behind everything because they just want people to feel like, hey, I see you. I care about you. You're not just a number. You're not just a guest. I'm not just taking your money like I actually see you. And so like as a scaling entrepreneur and as a group Program founder, like as a program founder, where I have, quote unquote, a lot of clients, my clients are always like, how do you know that? How did you remember that? Like, how did you, you know, keep tabs on that? Like, and I tell them, I say, you know, I have people helping me comment in our group. Shout out to Quinn. Shout out to Catherine. Like I, ha- I have people like helping me um, coach my clients. But every day I'm watching in there, seeing what's going on. I'm taking notes. And then I'll show up on a coaching call. It's like, hey, I saw that you were spinning out about like that client saying no. They're like, how that was two weeks ago. How did you remember that? It's because like I make time for that. And I make time for that. It's a priority to me. I want people to feel like they know me, even if my hands are not in every little thing of their, you know, business. And so I think like, When was a sales experience where you actually felt seen and taken care of? What I always um, think about, especially for women, is like, did you like the process of getting your engagement ring? That's typically like a positive experience for people, like them picking out their engagement ring or something with their wedding or something like something along the lines of that or your home, or like your favorite purse, or whatever that is. Or like, do you have a favorite restaurant? Why do you like that restaurant so much? All of those ways that we spend money for me, it's Chick-fil-A DoorDash, right? I love Chick-fil-A DoorDash. I feel like they take care of me all the time. <laughs> right? And so it's like thinking about like, when were those times where you felt really taken care of? And how can you do that with your clients? But not from this place of like, micromanaging, checking in every day, because you have to see what's going on, not from that energy, but just communicating like, Hey, see you, I care about you. And I want this to work.
0: Yes. You know, I learned, I worked at Nordstrom for eight years in, in college and I held like a ton of different roles. And one of my favorite jobs I had there was personal stylist manager. And I, I was 23 and I managed a team of 16. I don't, how anyone
1: <laughs> gave me permission to do this. What do you mean how? Have you met yourself? Of course. I could totally see that.
0: I was so young, but you know, I learned so much in this role because I had I had um people on my team. One man was 60 years old and I was his manager, and then I had like an 18-year-old, right? And I I literally my whole job was to be an advocate for selling. In the whole store, like I was like the sales like trainer person because I was personal stylist manager. That's our whole job is to sell a lot of clothes to people, and my I had to teach selling to my to my team. Like they had to love selling too because they they had to go out there and sell. And I learned so so much about creating one creating an experience like a sales experience, but two the how 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 much fun and how important it could be for someone to just enjoy themselves in being sold to i i remember one of my first clients i had when i worked there was a woman who look and you also don't know people's stories and i'm going to get into this right now but like this specific um this specific story i had a woman who walked into a department and I just said, hello. I asked her, you know, a little bit about herself. And she ended up telling me that she is, um, she was, I think buying a dress for her baby shower and she didn't want to get a maternity dress. So I was like, great. I ended up putting this whole room together. We had this wonderful experience. And what I realized was, in those moments, that when she spent a lot of money, she had a ball. I was able to help her, but we built a relationship, and she ended up coming to me a second time after her babies. Trigger warning for anyone with 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 babies. If you've ever lost a baby, but she went, she had six tuplets and lost three of her babies. And I remember she came to me after to buy a dress for the baptism um, for the babies. And we spent so much time in the room just, just talking through her emotions. And I, I was also selling to her. <laughs> I was selling dresses and trying to make her feel good and happy. And I remember she left that day and she's like, this is the first time I've really had fun. In a, I'm going to get teary eyed, but I've really had fun in a long time. Thank you so much. And I learned such a lesson that day that like there's so much power in caring about people. And it is so important. Like it was important that day for me to get on the floor and look for dresses for her. Like that was important for her at that moment. And I also think back to, and I I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I think back to you during that, during, you know, what a October of October November of twenty twenty, and how grateful I am that you made offers and that you sold to me and that you brought me value and you taught me things and all of that. Because if it wasn't for that, like who knows where I'd be right now? Like who knows if I didn't invest in your coaching program? Like who knows? I I I owe a hundred. Like I really the first six figures I made was all, and this is like the first version or maybe not the first version of five figure formula, but this was, this was before sales clinic. Okay. Like all, (laughs) all of it, (laughs) all of it like was just enough for me at that time. And it was exactly what I needed. And I'm, I remember just being so thankful looking back, especially that like, thank God you sold to me. So if you're listening to this, I just want you to take this away that like, Selling doesn't have to be this very awkward thing. Like the only reason it's awkward is because you want to make it awkward. It's probably, probably you're making it about yourself. Like when you think about other people, when you think about serving your people, when you think about taking care of your people, when you are literally thinking about your people and you go out there and you give value and you, you, you sell to them, you make an offer, whatever, when it's, when it is. When you're when you're getting uncomfortable about it, it's typically because you're making it about you. And selling is so not an, like it's it's not like an in it's not for us. Like we do this work because we are literally on a mission. Like there's a lot of women of color, coaches, consultants, service providers. And we I care about teaching them how to sell. You care about giving them the tools to teach them how to sell. Like this is it. And when we show up, we don't do it for that reason. Anyways, I kind of went a little riff there, but
1: no, let's, I'm going to paint a picture. Maybe this will help the people. I'm going to paint a picture. So I want everyone to envision that people let you have a store, right? It could be your Instagram. It could be your email list. I want you to picture that you have a store just like Nordstrom's, right? You have a store and there's people that want to open the door and walk in, What I think a lot of people think with sales is that it's some sort of force or some sort of begging or some sort of like, no, I need you. There's none of that. Like, I want you to picture that there you have a store that is yours and you can be whoever you want to be in that store. And just like Kat's person, Kat's customer, she wanted help. She opened the doors, came in and said, I want to speak to Kat. That's what Kat and I have in our businesses, right? We have stores and people are coming in. You can have that too. You can have a store and people can just come in. You don't have to plaster all these signs on it. You don't have to hand out all these flyers desperately. You don't have to beg people to come in. You can just have a store and people will come in. Now, there is work right? There isn't work involved, right? You do may have to talk to your store, let people know that you have a store. That's half the (laughs) battle, right? Just Like, do people even know that you have a shop, right? And then like, once that happens, people will come in and browse around, they'll stay for a while, they'll pull themselves out a cup of tea and get really comfortable. Like I have so many people that say, I've been following you for six months, I've been following you for a year, I can't wait to join the next, the next enrollment of Five Figure Freedom, right? But it's just like you have a store and people will willingly open the door and come in. You don't have to beg them. Like, I think that's one of the main reasons why people feel gross about sales is they think it's that when really it's the exact opposite. Like I teach people, I remember a private client messaging me. And she was like, you know, I have this sales call and I think it went okay. But right afterwards, the person said that they were very, very scared and they didn't really know if they were going to do it. And they were tired of doing this and that with their finances. And I said, let them go. Let them go. Do not try to. And my client messaged me like, what do I say? I said, you don't have to say anything. Let them go and go get a client that wants the help. Like you don't have to beg whatsoever.
0: A hundred, a hundred percent. And I want to add to that is like, you don't have to be anyone else but yourself in that store. This is the wonderful thing about having your own store, right? Like, you can just be you. Thinking about sales calls, I was just having a conversation with my client, and we were talking about sales calls, and I was like, it's just a conversation. Like, that's all it is. You're having a conversation about a shirt that is right there. That is it. There's a shirt they want to buy. They're not sure they want to buy it. You don't have to convince them to buy it. You just have to make a a decision of whether it's good for them or not. Like, you good? Are you sure you like it? Like, it's just a conversation. It's one human with a store, another human interested in buying something from the store, and that's it. Like it's not this like huge ordeal of of convincing and this and that and that. Like it's just
1: it isn't just that. And it gets to be so fun.
0: I love I
1: love buying stuff. <laughs> I buy so much stuff. Like
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. Yes, I buy so much stuff. And I buy lots of coaching. Like I have a life coach. Um I'm getting into like, you know, I think this is the first place I'm I'm ever sharing it. But I love to think about my career as a thought leader. And so I want to write a book and I want to do more speaking engagements. Yeah. So I bought stuff about that. And I'm so excited. Like, I remember skipping to go get my debit card, right, to pay for my speaking course. Like, people want the help, too. Like, people want help. That's also, like, as a coach, that's what I think about all the time is, like, no, people are actively looking for help. We all have actually like looked on Instagram, brief Google said you were looking for a podcast cat, right? we were all looking for help. People want to buy help. We spend so much money trying to solve our problems. People want the help. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Okay. Now I want to
0: talk a little bit before we wrap up. I want to talk a little bit about five figure freedom. I, I'm really excited just to, like, to honestly, just to witness you this year, to be coached by you, to just watch you evolve is such a freaking privilege, and it, it's just so exciting. So tell us, tell us about Five Figure Freedom. Tell us who it's for. I actually have some questions about, like, I guess, I guess... If you're a part of Five Figure Freedom, you know, we got a little, we got a little, we got an email the other day. Uh, (laughs) So we know a little extra, but tell us about Five Figure Freedom. um, Tell us who it's for. Tell us all the beautiful things about it.
1: Absolutely. So Five Figure Freedom is my unlimited lifetime access program where we get to teach part-time coaches how to create five figures and beyond. And so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is my baby. This is the thing that I've spent so much time on. It was a labor of love. We canceled a launch to really put this together the way that I want to. And so I'm so excited. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So it includes a course where I'm walking you through step-by-step on how to get more sales calls and close those sales calls with a yes. You also get bonus material on time management, growing an audience, all of the things in our infamous sales call clinic, where I really help you see what's actually happening in your sales calls and how you can Get them to become a yes. So we have courses for you. We also have a community where you can ask us questions, celebrate your wins, connect with others, network. I think like we just did an offer challenge inside of the community that went over so, so well. And we had a lot of our clients collaborating with one another, doing lives with one another. So that was really fun. So we have the courses, the community, and then of course, we have weekly coaching from me and then my amazing coaching team that's all alumni of the program. And so you get live lifetime unlimited access to the courses, the community and the coaching. And we could not be more thrilled. It is geared toward women of color. That is something that I really uh, wanted to make a really big point to. And so inside of the actual videos, I'm talking about the experience of being a woman of color and how it is different and unique for us when we're talking about sales. And so that's embedded throughout the entire framework as well. And so it has been my pleasure and the biggest honor of my life to put this out in the world. And it's all to help women of color, create more sales and freedom. That is so
0: beautiful. And I, I mean, I could speak to its first version, which I cannot even imagine what this version is because I, I mean, I'm no joke y'all like version one, like literally helped me create so much. So I know, Can I say something, though? Let me
1: cut you off. (laughs) Let me let me say something, though, because Kat, too, she's being very she's being very nice. Right. But Kat, too, is also an amazing student. Right. Like we don't even Mm -hmm. like think about and put into perspective like you watched everything. You could quote some of my trainings better than I could. Like you followed the process so well so, 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 so well. Yeah. And so like the program is amazing. Yes. But you, Kat, you're a phenomenal student. I just want your community to hear that. Like you are so successful because you follow the processes that you have created for yourself and of the things that you have invested in.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you something. I remember putting down the money and having a very serious conversation with myself and I just decided to trust every single piece of the entire program. Trust the process, trust the timing, trust your coaching, trust like, like, and I honestly, I think I've had to, that, that skill of learning how to go all into a coaching program and trusting that this is going to be everything I need and more for my next level. Even if you don't see the results, like that you originally, like, you know, made up in your head. I, I made that decision and it was the best decision because I learned so much and, and y'all, I really did watch every single everything Everything. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I consumed all of it. And anyways, I'm a big fan. I appreciate you. I, I love you. I have so much love for you. I'm excited to see you soon. And thank you so much for your contribution to this world. Thank you for coaching me
1: and thank you for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If y'all want any more of my shenanigans, come follow me on Instagram at DLSharan or listen to my podcast. There's an interview with Kat on there as well, Um, but come listen to my podcast too, Black Banked and Booked Out.
0: It is the pod and that's how I found her originally. So (laughs) make sure sure you follow her on Instagram. Watch her IG stories too. Trust me, you're in for a treat.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Kat.
0: Thank you.
1: Hey, amiga. If
0: you are not on my email list, you are missing out on some juicy content. I share sales and marketing tips every single week. Plus, you're the first to know about new freebies, webinars, and all the other things fun happening. To get on the list, sign up for my free training, How to Sell Out Four-Figure Offers. This training will also shift your mindset around what it really takes to book out your coaching business. So sign up in the show notes or on my website, katdalkarman.com to be added to the email list. I will see you next time.